Yo, yo, yo. Oh, down the monitor. Fat fingers. I didn't mean to put that up there. How are you? How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? All the usual paranoia over the technology, but as far as I can tell, it's working okay. And I'm Jack Chew, 12.30 to 1 o'clock. We chew it over, whatever is topical at the time. And this week, I haven't had many guests on. Have I ever had any guests on? I think at the start of the week I did, didn't I? Um, but main reason being, I was protecting my time to co cover some of the stuff that was in this Physiomatter State of the Industry Survey, which the reports are going out soon following Therapy Live Business, which is next week, um, to give you an insight into what hundreds of you filling out long-form survey answers and stuff to give us these insights into what your what your thoughts are. And it's it was just absolutely brilliant to get, but it definitely gave me some areas of priority that you wanted me to chew over and to talk to you about. And so I've been giving a lot of thought to them, and one of them speaks directly to to this therapy live business show which is one of the solutions to the problems that you're describing with regards to the consist inconsistencies of, and squabbles that could occur in the therapy business space we've said the therapy of business before like we've used that that phrase before and um we used it as the name of the stream at the first therapy live event last year which has inspired the therapy business therapy live business show which is next week I don't know if you've heard the news but this bad boy, Therapy Live Business, Saturday the 18th of September, is now sold out. So we've had to close the tickets for that, you hungry lot of uh, chomp through our tickets. If you want to get the recordings of that, they are still available. You go to therapy-live.co.uk forward slash recordings or go to forward slash lobby and you can select your options. You can access the the recorded content on the day. But as far as being live, being able to participate in the Q&A, as well as then being able to engage with the speakers in various different ways, unfortunately, that is now sold out. Um, but if you're a Physio Matters member, then you'll be able to access that content anyway as well. So there are lots of ways you can still participate. But unfortunately, as far as the live event components go, then you have missed out. And unfortunately, that is now closed. But that process of engaging with you all over the course of like last year's therapy live big show we did the therapy of this the therapy of business the business of therapy stream which has inspired this as, a, as a, an event of its own right we're doing three streams of education um on fundamentals progression and innovation for various different sizes and styles of therapy business and it's our first truly non-clinical show We've had non-clinical streams or semi-clinical streams. We've had MSKR streams, which would be more about, say, governance or policy reform. We've had this business stream before. But this is our first non-clinical show. But one of the things I'm most proud about on the content side is that it seems to speak to some of the – it really will speak to you as a clinician and as a business owner and why those hats aren't overtly distinct. Like sometimes you'll see business coaches and gurus and stuff that are sort of saying that we well, need to be really objective and take off the romance that is the healthcare professional hat. And then you've got others that say that really, oh, no, it should just be downstream of being a good clinician, that the business will just come. I think that both of those are bullshit, if I'm honest. And I think that this course, that the people we've got on the speakers on this conference over the course of the day are going to be helping you to, to understand as to why I take that position, because it's an opinion that has been shaped. And I've been on a real journey on that myself, where I think I've probably held both those, what I've called crap opinions before. Um, and I understand, therefore, 
what state of mind brings people there. Um, I totally get it. Well, apologies on LinkedIn, depending on your settings, depends as to whether or not I can either see your comment, whether or not I can post it up here. When I can post it up here like this one, sometimes it says LinkedIn user rather than your name. And so I'm really sorry for those that participate on LinkedIn that sometimes it does compromise my ability to bring you up on screen and stuff. So please do continue to engage, really enjoy the comments that come on from LinkedIn, especially on these sorts of topics because so many of you on there are using it as a sort of business to business networking opportunities. And I think LinkedIn is great for that. And so I'm glad we stream there, but sometimes because of the platform, uh, interactions between LinkedIn and, and my software, it means that sometimes there's a bit of a compromise there. So I'm really sorry. Um, and for those of you that are struggling to get through to me and feel like I'm always ignoring your comments, then uh, at the moment, find us on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever it is on Twitch, wherever it is we're also streaming. It's just that LinkedIn is a bit newer to this game. And so it's just a little bit slower. So sorry about that. Um, to LinkedIn user who I've just popped up on screen. But again, I always like to, especially on Fridays, I want to interact with you guys more. I want to ask you a question overtly. What do you feel are the key problems in therapy business, if you think there are any at the moment? That's a question that we asked you on the survey. And one of the things, reasons we did that is we wanted to know as to what you would like Physio Matters to do to help with that. Like what solutions could we provide that are different? Um, I think... That is something that I want to ask you You here, really, is what do you think are the primary ones? Let me give you some examples because we did give you examples on the survey. So things like recruitment, things like workforce planning, which I know is part of that, uh, things like um, first contact practice or job role, scope of practice, things like uh, interprofessional relations, but inter-sector inter relations between public and private sector. Do you feel that the... Um, uh, CPD and education. Do you think clinical care quality variation is a problem? Like, what do you think in the in the therapy business game, particularly in MSK practice, because it's always my bias. But what do you see as being the core problem? Do you see macroeconomic problems uh, or factors, shall we say, uh, such as the wider COVID politics or um, or Brexit or other wider political issues being a, a primary concern for you in business, and that actually the issues of, of clinical care quality, workforce planning on a on a physio level, um, obviously they would be affected by social and political factors, but I'm just meaning like, there's almost like a really focused lens on clinical issues, and then there's a wider sort of the way of the world type, uh, international issues even that uh, that might be affecting it. But how, how are you? What, what are you? what are you thinking and, and what is your, your thoughts? I know the answers to that on aggregate from hundreds of people that we asked recently. And so I'm just interested for you, if you're tuning in live and you can just uh, interact with me today as to what it is that you feel um, is the key issue in therapy business right now. And that includes if you're tuning in and you're not yet in or, or haven't got any major skinning the game in therapy business. You know, what do you see on if you're in the NHS and you're working, I know some of you working full time in, the, in, in public health care. I know when I was, it's not that long ago, um, there were often issues there whereby you had um, clashes with, with local uh, patients that you were struggling to co-treat or there was different philosophies across the sectors and stuff. And so I still, I still want your opinion. What do you think is the, the main issue, uh, which would be brilliant. So thank you. Uh, if you can join me on on that, I would appreciate it. But as per usual, I ask the question, I close my comments for a second, and I then will tell you my thoughts on it, because it's something I've been giving a lot of thought to recently. 
A big one for me is that if I had to list a top three, top three problems in the business of, of therapy and then talk about the solutions of them, um, this is something I've been given a, a hell of a lot of thought to in the last six months. And I've been really fortunate to work with some brilliant people in this space, especially in the build up to therapy life business. So these are people that have helped me with the definition and, and, and the take on the problems, but also in their next breath, they're always thinking about solutions. So I'm talking about Elevate Your Clinic, Andy Hosgood, Phil Badley. I'm talking about HMDG, Matt Schumacher, Hannah Humphreys, David Kennedy. I'm talking about the speakers that are also going to be on the show. So paying attention to people like Obi Hassan's work, Joe Turner, Sue Julians, Lucy McDonald. Lots of inspiration there when I look on at people who are doing things well in the therapy space. I take inspiration from those that are in clinic that are then doing things differently, but also delivering care quality. And then I look at the massive innovators in the space as well. So I'm just name dropping over and over now, aren't I? But Anna Maria Mazzieri, the school, Matt Scar's book, Becky Dumont Horton, people like Tim Allardyce at Rehab My Patient, who then has this clinical hat, but also has been developing bespoke software for therapists. These are all people that are helping to define problems and then solving them as best they can for me the top three involve all of that and, and they are quite unique to now one of them is that there is a, a workforce problem where if we can't supply the demand because of say nhs waiting lists so this is uh, where the the wider environment of, of, of national and international politics do affect it so so we know that there's some challenge just to say the least some challenges in the health system means that then you've got more people in the um in the market that might then pay cash in hand uh, cash in hand to to clinics to get their sorbets looked at let's just say in msk terms and then the clinic is at capacity for for what it has in terms of a staff base. Let's say that that staff, that clinic has two rooms that were otherwise empty or only partial, but they can't find the staff to actually serve that demand. Then do they develop a waiting list, lose it to their competition? Or if they even in, I'm hearing from many of you that, that in, their, in their locality, right, there's people in a postcode even if they went to one of the four practices that serve that area everyone's so busy and they're all struggling to recruit or recruit particularly this is the thing i hear so some people saying i can't recruit therapists and then when i ask them close more closely they mean i can't recruit the right therapists and then we get into a conversation about that but generally speaking there is this pressure on on recruiting the right therapists and i hear about that all the time so I'd be surprised, um, I haven't spoken to anyone really that said that that isn't a problem in the industry at all at the moment. And I think it's something that is a known workforce issue across sectors, by the way. I've spoken before about the fact that the sort of job in Bansic's role in a, in a rehab setting um, in MSK is such a core role and is losing to various different places. One of the places it's losing staff to is, is in private practice because savvy business owners are realizing that what might have been like, oh, would you fancy doing a couple of evenings and a weekend day as an associate as a side hustle they're realizing that they've got such a such a demand for their services that they're going to take a punt and salary someone and therefore try and draw them out of of the nhs for the first time because one of the things that they were in the nhs for was security i think it's something that um oops sorry one second just gonna just double check just going to double check something there. Hold on. I think it was just my, my headset going wrong there. I think you should still be able to hear me. Do let me know. Sorry if uh, if you've lost me. Let me know. 
but yeah, some noise just went off in my ears. Um, what I would suggest is that when those savvy business owners are making those sorts of calls, it doesn't mean that then we're, that's the solution I'm proposing. We know that there are complexities to the workforce and recruitment issues in therapy business. That is one way, though, is that I think there are so many businesses that I'm hearing from that are so used to erring on the side of caution and having someone as an associate for quite a long time and only when it's really obvious that they're generating their own traffic and their own revenue that then they will move them on to salary because it's economically better for the practice and you're offering them that stability in contract at that point. Honestly, I think that there's so many therapists out there that, that yes, the bottom, the you know, the salary um, that you're going to be able to offer them and the, the earning potential and the flexibility and other work conditions. One of the things that I think therapy businesses are underestimating now is then it's a buyer's market for quality therapists. They're going to want those job security elements as well. They want to want the contracted annual leave, paid leave. They want to want the security that comes from then um, pensions and the like. Yeah. And if they're not used to, especially if they're not used to being self-employed, then they're just going to look on and think, no, I'd rather I'd rather a, a, a like-for-like um, structured contract. And they're probably going to make demands in keeping with the leave requirements as well. I've seen that happen. Uh, not so much here, it's a different situation with us in many different ways because of the nature of business that we have, as well as the fact that we've got this um, a slightly different reputation interprofessionally, of course, through Physiomatics Therapy Live, MSKR, that sort of stuff. So it's slightly different for us. But I'm hearing from lots of clinic owners that, that are just feeling like, right, I'm getting someone come in and, and I really want to recruit them, but they're asking for like for like annual leave that they used to have in the NHS. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And if you really want them, then you'll grant them that. And if they're worth it, then they're worth it, aren't they? And so it used to be that it was like, right, you might get paid more, but you're going to have to compromise on these structural sort of perks that you might get in the public sector. Unfortunately, I'm of the opinion that you don't try to squeeze them. You, it's just tough shit, really. You need to, that's a market force and you need to respond to it. And I, I would say if they're worth it, and, and I hear from so many of you about the fact that you're struggling to recruit quality and that the applicants you get and you don't think are up to much, then you find one you make it work. And if you've done your numbers right, and you lot would have done your numbers right because you'd have had the sense to work with someone like Obi Hassan from Clarity and you've, you know, you've kind of worked out that it's worth it and that you're hemorrhaging money in opportunity because you've got people sat on a waiting list or going elsewhere because they can't book an appointment or the appointments that you do have left are, are, are crap ones in the middle of the afternoon on a, on a Thursday that no one wants at that point. And therefore, getting a getting someone that can can start afresh with an open diary then you can respond to those inquiries you know it's just that you're probably just going to need to be braver so two things really the problem is recruitment one of the solutions is that the other solution is that to watch this space physio matters are going to help you out in terms of finding the talent you can imagine that this and we hear this all the time is that people are actually saying that they're really it's a really kind of thing they, they're often saying to us about how they're really waiting physio matters almost participation listeners listenership being a, being a podcast listener or, or being a member of physio matters being a therapy live attendee uh, and, and in that ecosystem people are sort of realizing that that's a that's a proxy for being a sensible evidence-informed therapist who cares about critical thinking and so people are putting that on cvs or bringing it up at interview or saying about how that's keep, that's how they keep it in touch and up to date which is brilliant 
what we're trying to do is we're creating a system that we're going to announce at Therapy Live Business, how we're going to help you to identify that talent. And then if they're in the market for a new job and in your regional vicinity, then we will introduce you. We, will find, we have found a way to, to make that happen. And so you presented that with us as a, as a problem in the industry. I agree, and I hear about that all the time. We're coming up with some solutions in that direction, as well as the fact that one of the solutions I'm saying, you can have here for free. You're just going to need to be braver. You need to not, it needs to be, unfortunately, it's a buyer's market. It's on their terms. A clinician that's interested in work in your area, if you don't snap of the fact that they're hustling you for a few more days annual leave, I know that that can, if that's a stock salary, right? And then you end up needing to then think, well, can I do that across the board? I think that the, the, at the moment, it's not going to it's not going to sort itself out in a rush, and so yeah, give them what they want, and uh, yeah, you can see you can see the trade unionist in me coming back on that, can't you? So rather than the, the business owner, you might think that those things fly in the face of each other. I don't think they do necessarily, but I just uh, admittedly, um, that's what I think you should be doing um, because I've seen people who've moved that way do well and, and and never regret it, and I've seen people that have. I'm really struggling to hire and it's like, well, you're just not being brave enough on, on various different parts of your price point and stuff. Uh, or uh, I feel really sorry for those that are sort of having to having to bottom feed and getting dragged down by the insurers and stuff. And so they've just not a good enough margin. You know, that's a slightly different thing. And one of the problems that I could have mentioned, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Because it's not in my top three, top three. Another one that I wanted to sort of mention to you uh, that we're we're we've, we've defined as a problem and we're, we're looking to try and seek solution for it is that there are you spoke for choice for the proliferation of sort of CPD materials as well as then ideas being thrown around and how do you integrate these things? How do you actually then become an applied pragmatic therapist that takes best evidence and then channels it well into into the um work with patients you know that, that clearly aren't going to then comply with sort of empirical data or might bring with them unique challenges to them okay and so it's this process of getting clinicians to understand best practice and best new evidence and how to integrate it but then making sure they apply it sensibly so that they don't end up being whatever works works and so they just become someone who's got this toolbox multi-tool belt call it what you will whatever analogy you want where they've just got these various different techniques that they just do to people or on people or with people and then their whole thing is that well if it works it works rather than caring about the mechanism caring about the fact that then the longevity of the success of that treatment and stuff and so it's this putting reasoning in the heart of it and really rationally critiquing your own intervention so that you're not then just doing what you've always done is like the height of like over subjective practice then you've got people that get carried away the other way and become almost like empirical, say, nihilists, where they're saying that, well, the you know, computer says no, the evidence says no. And they start then, especially in the therapy business game, you can imagine if you, you take an associate that's just like, well, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving the, even though the patient sat in front of me saying that they're really struggling to get out of a chair, um, I don't have any nice guideline level empirical systematic review evidence to suggest that I should prescribe them squats for this particular problem. Therefore I won't do it. You know, it's almost this like cartoonish 
like I need layers of empirical evidence and data to imply that that's smart because they're not putting it through an appropriate filter of critical uh, clinical reasoning then that's that's crap for a therapy business as well because they just this is they're full of shit handing out um try, trying to put I, I mean it rarely works and they rarely end up even anywhere near your business but generally speaking obviously they're going to struggle is that if we think about those two people we're trying to create resources and, and engage them in participatory education um that will persuade those that are a bit cavalier about anything goes throw shit at a wall and see what sticks type over subjective practice and then also trying to persuade those that are getting carried away on an evidence supposedly evidence-based background that then are being really narrow with their treatment selection because they perceive that then nothing works or they can't they don't realize that individualizing it and making it bespoke for people is, is a good move as well and we're trying to make resources that would be persuasive to both those camps because essentially it is that almost that third way which is cheesy but it is kind of through the middle and trying to explain that you don't want to compromise your ethics and values but you also don't want to then uh, pretend that that these things can be made as as formal as say in pharmaceuticals or in in pharmacy let's say where you've titrating doses and, and and the response rates and that the evidence can come in such an empirical manner it's more that is where they you know dare i say the the art in the science and that's the problem we're hearing from you on is that you're witnessing some of that you've seen that amongst your existing therapists as well as those that you might be trying to recruit or you even noticing in yourself that you get drawn one way or the other there's times where you're just thinking well fuck it if it works it works and then there's other times that you're thinking oh it's really um i'm getting drawn too far and too close to the evidence so i'm thinking maybe i shouldn't be doing this even though it feels intuitively right and there's no reason not to uh, we hear from you all the time on that and so the solution of course is some of the some we've been doing all the time we've got now a back catalogue of many a many a podcast video webinar etc but then also through physiomatters.com we are going to be bringing you more tailored interventions including mentorship packages for you and your staff and your team so that then you as a clinic can have say memberships where all your staff have got access to best practice resources you get special episodes especially access to some of our speaker base and network as well as then being able to sort of have those clinicians that are struggling in that space where they're, they're getting a bit, a bit lost as to how to apply this in practical terms we're going to have those sort of one-to-one uh, -one mentorship and masterclass opportunities which are then integrated within our ecosystem so that then you're going to be able to have those signposted into be that audio video written materials translations to uh, documented evidence reviews and stuff like that so we're going to have that going on uh, all on all on one, in one place so physio-matters.com not a member already then get on there and and also for those that are in the therapy business game creating efficiencies and helping you with that that training and helping your staff be on the same from the same hymn sheet but also as critical thinkers not on the same hymn sheet because you're then just having to to, to sort of template that and just trying to therefore take the edge off everyone's individuality that is a that is a concern um so kelly clinton let me see what she's uh, she's put here is this for physiotherapist talent only or including other clinicians too i cannot see i'm trying to work out whether sorry that was like five minutes ago and i missed it kelly because i closed my comments while i'm wittering on um were you meaning when i was talking about sort of recruitment and identity uh, talent identity type stuff uh, or were you meaning when i was talking about say cpd and education so i'm just sorry i don't know when which bit you were asking me the question on so if you're still listening kelly then please yeah just let me know um oh okay sorry she said yes and i, I uh 
Okay, I asked the question and she said yes to it, and I was still on the number wise. Sorry, Kelly, this is me just not not uh, working out what it is you're you're asking. So uh, the talent bit, yeah. Sorry, thank you, Kelly. The first thing, absolutely, uh, it is for all all MSK clinicians. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I have a, a fairly infamous position to say I do not care what flavour the certificate is on your wall. You, know, if you should be reading and inter interpreting the same evidence and acting on it sensibly according to your skill set and scope. So. Uh, yeah, physiotherapists, osteopaths, chiropractors, sports rehabilitators, sports therapists, soft tissue therapists, occupational therapists, particularly in the MSK game, podiatrists. Absolutely, we will be getting uh, that talent. In fact, that's a big part of it, if I'm honest, Kelly. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that gets made. You know, clinics that are then pouring over or giving a chance to some crap physio when they've got like two or three sports rehabilitators or or osteopaths locally that would be biting their hand off it's just hilarious how how, how many people have got their blinkers on with with a particular profession and so um yeah that, that's going to be very much interprofessional based on based on mskr principles of, of competency-based recruitment um and so yeah i've got other episodes i can signpost you to um so yeah um i'm glad you i'm i'm, I'm glad you've mentioned it and i'm sorry i wasn't clearer on that and so to the to the sorry I'll come back to some of the comments in a, in a second but the third thing I wanted to talk to you about today a, a problem I think in the, in the therapy business industry um that we need to sort of provide solutions to and one that I'm I'm constantly working on and constantly thinking about and it's one of the most controversial things that I seem to be keep saying like there's people that keep not everyone of course mostly fine with it but then some people are kind of pissed when I talk about this is that there is this there is an immature conversation about practice ethics that we're not having well as a community about the public-private sector issues whereby you've got the public sector implying that the private sector are all profiteer charlatans that are just taking advantage of people for, for money, which is obviously not fair and painting with too broad a brush, but equally there's a kernel of truth in it somewhere and we maybe need to clean house a little bit. Which again, people get think that that's controversial. Especially for some reason, people say that you know a HCPC registered chartered physiotherapist would never do anything ethically dubious. I mean, I know that I know the governance processes and lack of, and I can guarantee that that's not true. Now, if you want to make a case that that is a smaller part that I'm describing, or you're mistakenly hearing that I'm thinking I'm saying that that's everyone, <laughs> of course it's not. Um, but we need to negotiate that better, and we need to, to to do more to have that conversation maturely. Similarly, I think uh, I've, I've said before that there's a lot of complacency that can occur sometimes, unfortunately, in the and then so the private the private sector then accuses the public sector of being complacent, and you're just giving out sheets of exercise and seeing people three times, and and, and almost patient blaming. You're not individually making things bespoke, and that and that the NHS is going down the pan, and that think that there's no quality care being delivered. We asked some of these questions of a flavour in the survey, the state of the industry survey that Physiomatters did recently, hundreds of people um, answering some of these questions about what, what, how they see themselves and each other and the industry at large and stuff. So we've got some brilliant data on this. So I feel quite justified in my opinion that I'm describing here and I'm describing mainly that we're not having that conversation well. That's the problem I'm describing is that the ethics of it are ones that are still contentious. And so for those that work across industry, uh, across sectors within the industry, I just think it's something that we need to grow up and even though it's uncomfortable, we need to have it better. And so to the solution, we need to have better public dialogue. Of course, I would say that because we talk on the internet, that's what we do. But also, 
I need to put my money where my mouth is and speak in different platforms and to reach across the aisle in different ways. And so I'm very fortunate to be co-chairing with Karen Lay from Physio First. She's the chair of Physio First and a, a brilliant friend and ally of mine in many ways and uh, and someone that has helped to really give me heart and hope that, that, that organizations like Physio First have got a, a chance of sort of reform and improvement as well as then them trying to be our, uh, our voice in, in, in the industry in the MSK game. She's chair, we're co-chairing a session about private and, and uh, public sector relations in, in, uh, in MSK. Uh, oh, in, in physiotherapy, maybe it is. And it's at Physio UK. It's at the CSP's flagship event in November. I forget the dates and stuff. But anyway, I'm, I'm speaking at that event. I've spoken at it before, not on the virtual, but they've got this like Sims-like platform and stuff. So um, it'll be a good session. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because if, if I'm saying that better public dialogue about those issues is going to help us and that we're doing it badly, then I can't just stick to my own usual platforms to do it and then invite people that I want to debate and discuss things with. Of course, that's helpful, but you also need to then fish where they swim a little bit, you know, go to places like the, the, the sort of CSPs conference, which is very different demographic in various different ways to our usual audience in some, in some ways. Um, and so I'm really pleased to see Karen and Physio first doing that, very kindly invited me to participate in that. And I, off the back of it, on, on, us as, 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 as MSKR, as well as, a, as part of my think tank, we're looking into ways in which we can do some work to try and analyze that state of, state of that part of the industry. And I encourage you to engage, not dissimilarly, um, as we have in that conversation. And, and we we'll probably all need to, again, be a bit braver, be a bit less, a bit braver in doing it, as well as a bit less sensitive and bite each other's heads off less. And, not paint with too broad a brush, but also not feign offence when someone doesn't say it perfectly with the perfect caveats and stuff, right? So um, that's three things, recruitment, education, and then conversation, shall we say, yeah, um, that we need to do to do better. Problems in the business industry and solutions, of course, going to then be discussed across Therapy Live business, 18th of September, which is now sold out, but you can get the recordings um and it's just going to be a spectacular event really excited for it and excited that i've had this opportunity to spend some time with people at elevate your clinic and hmdg and clarity and me hub and all these brilliant thinkers and brands in this space that have helped refine my take on therapy business and then all of us simultaneously drive towards solutions um, and I, I hope you guys will come for that ride with us. It's been a, it's been an absolutely brilliant experience for me ahead of time. I know how spectacular the show is going to be, but then also it's what, what's going to happen afterwards. How are we all going to get together as a community of practice to actually refine and, re and reform that side of the industry so that it can better help the health of the nation and beyond, right? That's what we're all in the game for. And so it's a huge opportunity. The timing is so perfect as MSK re-emerges. Um, and so I'm excited to, to do that with you. So thank you so much and keep an eye out for all the things I've described um, at, are going to be announced at Therapy Live Business as well as then afterwards across social media. So do join me. Thank you so much for participating on my uh, Friday show. I'm very sorry for, for those whose comments and, and, and points I haven't been able to get to. Some of them 
um, because of the privacy settings that you guys have on LinkedIn and to a lesser extent on Facebook. So sometimes if I don't bring it up on screen, it's because of that. For example, Sam, thank you for your big uh, thumbs up and uh, celebration uh, emojis and stuff. I'm sorry I can't bring them up on screen, but it's because of your privacy settings. And for those um, that are, oh, maybe hopefully I can, usually I can bring Joe Turner's on. Yeah, it's gonna be a goodie. It is, absolutely. And thank you for your participation. Kelly, thank you for your, your joining in as well. I hope you're gonna be attending Therapy Live Business and you'll hear more about this sort of talent scouting and recruitment side, site that we're working on as well. The GSR, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that's most convinced me is that the more I interact with GSRs, the more I realize that they are, um, they're not just like my mates and allies and stuff. It makes me then uh, think that, that that's my almost spiritual home uh, in, in that rehab game, um, expert MSK rehabbers and stuff. It's exciting. So thanks a lot. Have a great weekend, everyone. And I'll see you on Monday where I've got Andy Hosgood and Phil Badley from Elevate Your Clinic. And we're going to be going through what they're going to be up to at Therapy Live Business as well as what they see as being reflections on their hot take on the therapy business industry as well as then offers that they've got through EYC ahead of ahead of the event so very excited to do that and i look forward to next week cheers guys have a good one bye